Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. So you're listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapoos. And Gary Dodge. Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin, is joining us today. Welcome, Vaughn. Howdy, folks. Can you talk about Omicron? Yeah, so here's what we know somewhat officially about Omicron. It's a fun little variant um, called, well, designated B11529, so... Omicron runs off the tongue a little easier, so they call it that. Uh, it was first uh, found or identified in Botswana, Africa, on November 11th. Um, it's classified as a variant of concern right now by the CDC and the World Health Organization, um, just because they don't know a lot about it, and it seems to be spreading fairly rapidly. Uh, December 1st, we had our first case here in the U.S., um, and like I said, at this point, there are a lot of unknowns. Um, like how easily it spreads. It looks like it spreads faster than the original wild type, but they're not sure if it spreads faster than Delta. Um, they don't know about severity of illness. Looks like the symptoms may be milder than Delta, which would be great. Um, and they also don't know really how well the vaccines are going to work against it. Um, and with those caveats all thrown out there, um, Still a good reminder, Delta is still the major variant here in the U.S. It hasn't overtaken or anything like that, even though you hear a lot about it on the news. Um, and, you know, due to the low number of cases in, in South Africa and Botswana, you know, it, it's kind of unclear how fast it may spread. We know it is spreading. Um, there's uh, documentation of people going to South Africa and bringing it back. So we don't know if it's flying through there or they just happen to pick it up randomly so that's kind of where we are with omicron right now okay how is omicron different from other variants mainly differs on the spike protein so everyone's pretty familiar with the picture of a covid virus right now it's a little ball a lot of little projections on it um the spike proteins built out of about 30 different amino acids um as far as they can tell Om- omicron has um 30 or not 30 sorry three um, what are known as deletions and stuff. Those are amino acids that are missed and that changes the, the physical structure of, of the, um, the protein. It also has one insertion. So there's a new, new piece of amino acid put in, a few missing. Um, and then there's another section on it at the end of the spike. Um, it's called the uh, receptor uh, binding domain and it has what are called substitutions. So um, if you remember your high school science, there are four different types of amino acids that build um, you know, things like DNA. There are 20 that make up the body. Um, 15 of those are just different on the receptor. So that physically changes the, 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 uh, the structure of it. Um, but as far as we know, right now, there aren't any unusual symptoms associated with Omicron. Um, so that's good to know. And again, you can also have people that pick it up and are asymptomatic and can be carriers to pass it on as well. Is the difference in the spike protein why people are thinking that the vaccine is not going to be as effective against it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is, is 
the the vaccines um i believe right now are, are built to block the binding receptor portion in the spike protein um mm-hmm. and if it's not the same our body body's not always great about figuring out the difference between you know the physical structures of different proteins so um it can miss those is it true that omicron is less deadly than the other variants of covid you know, it's possible given the trend that viruses tend to mutate in nature to become more virulent, so they spread faster but less lethal, so they still have hosts. Um, and, you know, we won't know for certain until we have more cases out there and can analyze them. Is it likely that Omicron will overtake Delta as a dominant variation? It might. I'm going to give you a big maybe on that, Carrie. I don't know for certain, but it's possible, yeah. Is it true that a booster shot can protect people better against Omicron rather than people who just have one or two doses? So I'm going to say sort of yes. <laughs> depends <laughs> depends on when you got your first two doses to begin with. Um, if you've had it, you know, within the last six months or so, you're still okay. Um, if you had it previous earlier in the year, um, you probably will want to get a, a booster at this point um, because it prevents against... Um, kind of a general COVID-19 infection, um, and it re-stimulates the immune system. But the current vaccination isn't specifically for Omicron, um, so it they're not sure how effective it'll be against it. So far, most of the variants have been pretty close to the wild type, so the vaccines have been fairly effective at preventing infection. Um, okay. So what is parosmia? I hope I said that right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. how is it connected to COVID? Because I've been seeing this come up quite a bit on like TikTok and stuff, people talking about this. Yeah. So what parosmia is, it's a distortion of your sense of smell. And um, parosmia is really kind of a funky little situation. Um, it's also known as like olfactory illusion. So often what it is, is people have what are called phantom smells. There are things they smell that just aren't there or um, smells that are present um, are altered in how the brain interprets it. So you could be smelling something like a flower and it might smell like rotten meat, or you could be smelling something like an orange and it might smell like, um, you know, methane gas or, you know, something odd. Um, And there's the weird thing about it is there's no known treatment for it. Uh, medicine doesn't really know a lot about the phenomena. It's kind of funny. Um, and when COVID hit, they, yes, they, they found that people lost their sense of taste and their sense of smell, but they're, they've really been worried about, you know, long-term damage to the heart and lungs. So they haven't looked into it a lot, unfortunately. Um, but there are studies out there that if you get COVID, you know, you may lose your sense of smell or taste. Um, and it could last anywhere from like three to six months. They don't know. It might be longer. It might be less. Um, one of the big problems that that, that creates is that your sense of smell is really closely aligned with your memory. Um, and so that's part of the reason people get confused, um, have a harder time, you know, storing things in their short-term memory. Um, and some people, you know, most find it just mildly irritating. Some people, it can actually trigger like severe anxiety. So it's, it's a weird situation. And to be very, very honest, um, my wife has this. She got sick when she was a teenager and like lost 80% of the, her sense of smell. And it's been permanent for her. So it's it's really odd. It could last a long time. Um, so I would recommend getting vaccinated and not having to worry about this weird little situation. 
Yeah, the way that I um, saw people describing it is um, somebody who was talking about how everything tasted like rotten garbage yeah. and smelled like rotten garbage yeah. and they were really ill because of it because they don't want to eat anything because yep. everything is frequently disgusting. causes things yeah. like nausea, um, can mm-hmm. trigger vomiting in some really severe cases. Um, when the weather changes and stuff, my wife will ask me if I smell all kinds of crazy things all the time. And I'm like, no, that that's not in the house right now. That's just you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And they were talking about how this had persisted after they had COVID for like almost a year at this point. And they were concerned that it wasn't ever going to go away. And it yeah, was that's quite... a totally valid concern. Yeah. Um, there, so there's speculation that you can actually do um, olfactory training and kind of retrain the or re-stimulate the sensory nerves in your nose or your olfactory um, to learn how to smell again. They haven't done a lot of studies on it, so they're not. It's not really kind of a proven thing. Um, but if you smell strong things like citruses or anything containing like ammonia, um, like really really strong scents, um, the claim is that you could retrain your nose. They haven't validated it. If you are experiencing this, give it a try. Let us know how it goes. I'd uh, love to hear about it. So why why is COVID affecting people's sense of smell and taste? Like, do we know why they that is? They don't know. They don't know. Um, because well, that seems like kind of an unusual sense of symptom. Sense of taste is really closely linked to sense of smell. So if mm-hmm. they have, you know, parosmia, it's actually going to decrease their ability to differentiate taste as well. So that... Those two go hand in hand. But as far as the smell thing goes, they're not sure. Hmm. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, because the other symptoms seem like kind of your typical like virus, like flu-ish type right. symptoms. And then you have that. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> um, okay. So with the holidays coming up, um, what is the number one thing that you, can, you would tell people uh, to do to keep themselves and their families safe? Avoid mistletoe. Um, no, other, other than, other than that, um, I'd say definitely start by getting your family members who can, um, vaccinated. Um, also, you know, take, take the regular precautions during this time of, you know, cold and flu season, keep your hands washed on a regular basis. Um, soap and water for 20 seconds, like we've been talking about for years now. Um, you know, keep gathering small if they're going to be indoor, serve food that's, you know, in single serve portions rather than shared communal food, you know, wash the high contact areas, doorknobs, handles, things like that. Um, and you know, just if you're experiencing symptoms or if you, you know, are in contact with your family and friends and they're, they're having symptoms, consider postponing. I mean, it's, it's hard, but you can still celebrate together. May not be on the exact same date, but um, it's better than getting sick and putting people at risk. So, you know, be flexible about the holidays this year. Is there a concern about having another? Because aren't we kind of in another? Um, what's the word? Like the cases are come, going up a little bit right now. So we've we've sort of plateaued. Um, we have technically it's considered a high high volume. But we're actually the lowest in the state right now for, you know, the per capita number of cases. Um, we also have the highest rate of vaccination anywhere in the state. So uh, wow. not saying it's causation, it's correlation. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's we're, we're holding steady. We're not having an explosion like last year, which is great. Good. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, anything else you want to tell people before we end? Thanks for listening. Have a great day. <laughs> okay. Waiwanan for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. If you have any topic suggestions or questions about COVID-19, you can send those to us at podcast at mitw.org.